I'm Andrew Schweitzer, and you're listening to the Boxing for Free podcast. Now, if you've been listening to the podcast, reading the Twitter feed, or if you even like us on Facebook, you should be doing all three, by the way, then you know that I, your humble correspondent, am not always the biggest fan of Victor Ortiz. I'm not going to deny that he's an entertaining fighter. He's never been in a boring fight, so far as I know, but... Something about his attitude and the way they tried to bring him along as a new star, it always rubbed me the wrong way. I didn't like that... uh, I didn't like what he was saying after he quit against Marcos Maidana. You know, I'm not going to go out on my back. I'm not going to lay down for nobody, you know. I'd rather just stay. You know, I'm going to... I'm going to stop while I'm ahead, and that way I can speak well when I'm older, you know? <laughs> no, I apologize for making everyone look bad, and uh, I don't know. We'll see what happens from here on out, man. Um, I'm young, but I don't think I deserve to be, you know, getting beat up like this. So I have a lot of thinking to do. I didn't like that he was being groomed to be the next Oscar de la Hoya without having to really prove himself. I liked how he won the welterweight title against Andre Berto in what many consider the fight of the year. I like that fight. I still like to go back and watch that fight. I freaking love that fight. And I don't know a lot of people who can look at that and say, huh, it's all right, I guess. No, I I thought he really redeemed himself, and he totally erased the stigma of the Maidana fight. He really did, in my view. But, you know, then he gets a big shot against Floyd Mayweather. A lot of people are not... uh, betting on him. I certainly wasn't. But, uh, just when it looks like, okay, Floyd's really in control of this fight, but he's starting to take control near the end of round four, and then all of a sudden he headbutts Floyd, and then he gets knocked out at the end of the round. He pissed all that credibility away. And, uh, I really didn't like how afterwards he wasn't really taking the blame, how it was all the referee's fault, and, uh, no, he didn't really lose the fight at all. And if you don't believe me that he said that, just listen. Hey, guys, 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 let me just say something. Tonight, nobody fucking lost, all right? That's right. Because I didn't fucking lose my mind at all. That's right. Not for a fucking second. Not for one motherfucking second. Now, I know that it's easy for me to say stuff like, oh, you know, if I was there, I would have done this. But at the same time, if I was in that entourage, I would not be clapping when he says, I didn't lose in my mind, well, okay, that happened in your mind, but in reality, which is where, you know, you freaking live, you lost. Them clapping like that, it kind of, it's almost like, yeah, keep drinking your own Kool-Aid, you're not crazy at all, you freaking moron. I mean, no, you either win or you lose and you got knocked out so let's continue with more of that audio because there's a lot more I mean I I, last time I didn't obey a ref I got disqualified you know so now I'm just like very alert to the ref and the moment he said hey and I went like this and boom whoa good night yeah Yeah. so no and the hand was down and the referee was walking away right and he never said box wasn't fair if it seems like I'm bashing Victor Ortiz, well, well, it's my podcast. I'll do what I want. Man, hey man, rather on the ref, don't on me. 
I didn't like that in, for his fight immediately after that loss, where he fought Josito Lopez. Before he even won the fight, he was already being guaranteed a shot at Canelo Alvarez. Because as everybody knows, title shots are simply given away like candy at a parade. You don't actually go out and earn them, come on. <laughs> Get with the times. And yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie. When I saw the headline that that uh, Josito Lopez won the fight, you know, because Ortiz quit because of a broken jaw, I could understand that. But as soon as I saw the headline that Lopez won, I burst out laughing. I I had never <laughs> seen so much joy at someone losing. And I know that sounds immensely cruel, and you know, oh Andrew, you're so mean. Well. I think I'm justified in that. I didn't like how afterwards he would try to brush aside the loss to Maidana, saying how he didn't want to be there for that fight, and then he later spun it around and said, oh, it was just an off night for him. So, getting back to all that, I'm not going to lie. When I saw uh, Friday morning that he had gotten knocked out by Luis Colazzo, there there was a small grin on my face. Colazzo is a tough fighter who always seemed close, but never quite able to pull off the big victory he needed. He's fought uh, guys like Shane Mosley, he lost, uh, Ricky Hatton, he lost, Andre Berto, I, you could uh, make a very good argument that he should have won that fight, but it just didn't pan out. And then he goes in against Victor Ortiz, making his big comeback after being on Dancing with the Stars and all that, and he knocks him out in just two rounds. Now that's not only the third loss in a row, but the third stoppage loss for Victor Ortiz. His record now stands at 29 wins, 5 losses with 2 draws, and Colazzo's record goes up to 35 wins with 5 defeats. Ortiz later said that the loss was, quote, no big deal. However, I think he's either keeping up a strong front, or he is just incredibly naive to the reality. One person who, uh is not naive at be or not being naive at the moment is Ortiz's promoter Oscar De La Hoya who wrote on Twitter that he thinks that Ortiz should retire and enjoy his young life. So uh we'll see what happens next with Victor Ortiz if he decides to heed Oscar's advice. I don't think he will. Victor Ortiz, I'm pretty sure he's younger than me. I think he's only 25 or 26. He doesn't want to stop fighting now. But at the same time, he knows that big paydays and potentials for potential for greatness is over. He's not going to get it back. So, like I said, we'll see. We'll see that if he does decide to continue fighting, will Golden Boy stick with him? We'll find out. Uh, Ricardo Mayorga is in need of money. I, I'm sorry. Uh, Ricardo Mayorga is making a comeback to boxing and has thrown out a challenge to Floyd Mayweather Jr., and when I first uh, saw that headline, I thought I was reading The Onion. Mayorga was last in the ring against Miguel Cotto, who stopped him in the 12th round. That was back in 2011. Uh, if you actually look at Mayorga's record, ever since 2003, the record has been win-lose, 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 win-lose for the, for the last eight years of his career. 
Uh, he says that he's not with Don King anymore because, you know, Don King wouldn't help him out when he needed money. And uh, why am I talking about this? Mayorga is 40, hasn't won an important bout in over a decade, uh, unless you want to count his victory in 2007 over a fatter-than-usual Fernando Vargas, but other than that, it's been nothing. You name me an opponent he's beaten. And in the last decade... I mean, he doesn't bring anything to the table, and almost everyone is certain that Floyd is going to be taking on Amir Khan in a bout that Showtime is really going to try hard to make you think it's going to be competitive. Not that Khan is more worthy than Mayorga. He is, if you compare just the two of them, but not by much. Gennady Golovkin successfully defended his version of a middleweight title against Osumanu Adama of Ghana last night, and later called out Sergio Martinez. You'll recall that I wrote a uh, blog piece sometime back where I called Golovkin the heir apparent to the throne that is the middleweight championship, but we'll have to wait for Martinez, who at the moment is scheduled to fight Miguel Cotto in June, and uh, that should be an interesting matchup between uh, Martinez and Cotto. Cotto, uh, I don't know. I never really saw him being a big name at junior middleweight, and I fear that if he goes to 160, he's going to look like a muffin top. But we'll see how he does with Freddie Roach in his corner. As for Martinez, uh, his last fight against Martin Murray, that was tougher than expected. Also, factor in that uh, at the end, or near the end of the month, Martinez will be turning 39, and he's also held on to the middleweight title for almost four years. It'll be four years this April. Uh, he's held on to it longer than the two men who preceded him, which were Kelly Pavlik and Jermaine Taylor. So if Martinez can get past Miguel Cotto, we can probably expect to see uh, Golovkin versus Martinez near the end of the year. So stay tuned for that, because I have a feeling that if Miguel Cotto were to lose that fight, it would probably be the last fight of his career. And please don't misinterpret that for me saying that I've already made my pick for Martinez versus Golovkin. No, I haven't. Golovkin is uh, nipping at Martinez's heels, but uh, Martinez, he's hung in there for the past four years against some very good opposition. So, uh, we'll, like I said, we'll see what happens. He has to get past Cotto first, and as we saw uh, against uh, Delvin Rodriguez, Cotto looked like a bit of a beast. So, we have to see what happens. Moving on. Julio Cesar Chunky Chavez says that this time in his rematch with Brian Vera, the weight will not be a problem. Quote, Well, I'm only 12 pounds above the limit, so I should not have any problems. I have taken this rather seriously, more so than any fight in my career. I'm hungry to demonstrate the discipline that I have, the work that I have been doing in recent months. I get to show the people the other side of what they have seen. Obviously, I want to be a champion because there has been no Mexican who has ever been crowned at super middleweight. Unquote. Chavez also mentioned that there is a good possibility that Robert Garcia is going to join this camp, which is a translation that Freddie Roach kicked his ass to the curb and told him to get lost. Something that he should have done when, you know, he wouldn't show up to training sessions with Freddie Roach that he scheduled. 
Oliver McCall, and uh, no, you're not stuck in a time loop. This news is current and revolves around his boxing career, so stop thinking that you've traveled back 20 years. Oliver McCall's uh, <laughs> Oliver McCall scored an upset last night against undefeated Marcin Rakowski, who had previously beaten uh, McCall's son Elijah. This bumps McCall's record up to 57 wins, 13 defeats, and 37 knockouts. I'd like to remind you that McCall is 48 years old. He always seems to be a bit of an anomaly, Oliver McCall, because I'm not sure what he's trying to do. Is he boxing because he needs the money, because he thinks he still has it in him to win a championship, or is he doing it simply for the hell of it, because he can? I don't know, but he he's not taking a lot of punishment. He doesn't as far as I know, anyway, I don't know uh, if he's speaking with slurred speech or not, but at the same time, if he's not getting ridiculously punished out there, what's the harm? <clears throat> the Boxing Writers Association of America named Floyd Mayweather Jr. the 2013 Fighter of the Year for his one-sided victories over Robert Guerrero and Canelo Alvarez. Freddie Roach picked up the award for Trainer of the Year. This is the sixth time that he's won the award, and uh, that's actually a record itself. Paul, Pauli Malignaggi picked up uh, the award for Excellence in Broadcast Journalism, which, in my opinion, is very well-deserved because I think Pauli does an extremely good job on Showtime as well as Fox Sports. I thought that... It, I'm always a bit nervous about new commentators. I thought Pauly would be incredibly grating, but no, he's great. I uh, really think that he's one of the best out there. I enjoy his commentary a lot. Paul Williams, whom we haven't heard much of following the interview he gave on Showtime with Jim Gray, won the Bill Crawford Award for Courage in Overcoming Adversity. I have no idea what's going on with Paul Williams these uh, these days. I've uh, tried my hard to find my hardest to find out any information about him. The best I got was a nice article written on the anniversary of his accident. As far as I know, um, he's uh, working with uh, a doctor who previously worked with Christopher Reeve, and. The doctor was very optimistic about uh, William's chances at recovery because the cord was simply bruised and not severed. So any information that we can get about Paul Williams, that's good news, and I can't think of a reason why it would be bad news, but I hope that we uh, continue to get more good news about Paul Williams as the years go on. I'd like to say that I disagree with the BWAA in naming Floyd Mayweather Jr. the Fighter of the Year. Many of you recall that at the top of the year, I named Adonis Stevenson the Fighter of the Year because he had a tremendous year. He knocked out Darnell Boone and got revenge over that uh, upset victory that Boone scored a few years previous. He obliterated Chad Dawson, something that caught the whole boxing world by surprise. He outboxed and beat up Tavoris Cloud, and he did the same thing against Tony Bellew. 
and that, those were my reasons. I I said he's had a meteoric rise, and he should be recognized for it. Well, it seems that my influence has extended even to the pages of Ring Magazine, because if you go out and pick up the latest issue, something that I intend to do, and that's something I don't do often, because... As you know, I, I just got tired of the ring. I thought that they were becoming low on content, high on spelling mistakes. I mean, come on. If you don't know how to spell the words deja vu, I, I, I don't know. If you, if you screw that up, there's something there's something wrong there. But uh, I am going to pick up the latest issue because Donna Stevenson is on the cover. And he has been named the 2013 Fighter of the Year, just like we did. He's had a meteoric rise from obscurity in the super middleweight division all the way to the top of the light heavyweight division and has looked every bit like a boxing version of the Man of Steel. Yes, there, there is a talk that uh, he's going to have the showdown with Kovalev. From what I've heard, that fight is still in negotiations. However, if it does happen, they have to get past... Uh, a set of opponents each. Kovalev has something coming up in Atlantic City in March, I believe. Stevenson has an opponent from Poland that will be taking place in Montreal. And I imagine that if a fight between Kovalev and Stevenson does take place, it will be in Montreal because, as I've said in the past, Montreal fight fans love a good fight. Stevenson, he's from Montreal. He can bring the crowds in. You've heard Montreal crowds, they are loud, they're rowdy, they love a good fight, they really love it when a Canadian wins, so it should, it, it, it will happen, I, I'm fairly confident it will happen, and when it does, I hope that it can live up to the expectations. Uh, that's all we have for this podcast this week, however, before we sign off, I just want to uh, bring your attention to boxingforfree.com itself. Uh, as you know, we got hacked. I don't know why anybody would hate us. Who who could hate... I, I can't see anybody hating Justin Salvato, but who could, who could hate sweet little adorable me? Probably lots of people, maybe Oscar De La Hoya, but I don't think he would hack the website. I mean... And if he did, I think he would at least want to take credit for it. Um, (laughs) Anyway, Justin has been working incredibly hard the past week to bring the website back to its original glory. Yes, the website does look different. Yes, there are some things that still need improvement. But we're getting there. Justin's put in a lot of work over the past week. I think it looks great. And I just want to uh, remind you that not all of this is done by me. Yes, I do a lot of talking. I do a lot of yapping. I say some funny stuff. I make the majority of the tweets and the Facebook posts. But don't forget that without Justin Salvato, you wouldn't be listening to this podcast. I do have the mouth, but I don't have the mind to put something like this on the internet. I don't know how that works. I'm incredibly unintelligent when it comes to all the computer stuff but Justin uh, he's just been working his ass off so he deserves a lot of credit for it and we want to thank you also 
for sticking around with us through all these tough times because happy days are here again. We hope you enjoyed the latest edition of the Boxing for Free podcast. You can find us at www.boxingforfree.com, twitter.com slash boxingforfree, be like Arislandi Lara, Robert the Ghost Guerrero, Adonis Stevenson, and hundreds of others. Follow us on Twitter. You won't regret it. Go to youtube.com slash boxingforfree and facebook.com slash boxingforfree page. You can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Zoom, Podbean, and several other podcast directories. If you use iTunes, please give us feedback and a rating to let everyone know that the Boxing for Free podcast is your source for boxing news and commentary. I'm Andrew Schweitzer. Thank you for listening, and we hope you tune in next time.